All right, Roger, same boring question that I asked everyone at the beginning, but it turns into a lot of excitement. What's your franchise story? How do you even fall into franchising? Because nobody wakes up as a child and says, I want to be in franchise. And maybe, maybe, maybe a rare few, but tell, tell me, let's start with your personal franchise story. Yeah, great question. Um, and it was not a tradition. I don't know if there is a traditional route into franchising, as you said. Um, I spent the first 25 years of my career in the pharmaceutical industry. So both the branded and then also branded sales and marketing and then um, contract manufacturing, kind of in executive roles in those. So I worked for publicly traded companies, private companies, worked for private equity, uh, even a family office and, and doing that and, and built quite a career over a 25 year span. And when uh, the, the very long story short is I, I had this epiphany. I was at a conference, a pharmaceutical conference, and had this epiphany that I no longer wanted to have my legacy be the guy who sold pills that treated people but never cured them, right? Because that's the best that's the best pharma drug. You treat them, but you never cure them. And and I didn't want that. I, I really believe in health and fitness. I'm very passionate about uh, wellness and, and and why that's you know so vitally important to everybody. The old saying. You know, a, a healthy man has a thousand wishes. A sick man has one wish. Yeah. And and I believe in that so much. So in 2016, I had signed up my son for boxing lessons. He was 12 at the time. And uh, and I was planning my exit out of, out of that 25-year career. I ended up meeting a guy who had started two boxing for fitness studios, not a franchise, just independently owned by him and I'd hired him to coach my son for private lessons for boxing. Uh, he ended up transferring or, or transitioning my son to a younger trainer who could kind of bond with him a little bit more. And that left uh, Steve, this, this guy, and I on, on the sidelines, kind of with our arms crossed as, you know, as, as guys relate to each other, you know, with our arms crossed talking. And, uh, and he was looking to expand his business. Um, he had the fitness expertise. He was a serial entrepreneur, knew how to do that didn't have the, 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 the marketing chops as much. So and he would, he would, he would admit, admit as much. And that's the, the skill set that I brought, you know, and a good partnership is when you bring complementary skills, not, uh, you know, not the same skills and ended up after about four months, you know, lunch here, a beer there, um, and, and, you know, getting together and talking about what he wanted to do, what I was looking to do. He asked me to, to be his first franchisee. And uh, I kind of paused and I said, you know, I, I, I don't want to be your first franchisee, but I will put up all the money if, if you want to be a 50-50 partner and build a national franchisor. And, and honestly, Nick, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about because I, I didn't know anything about franchising or what you do or how it works. Um, I'd only heard, you know, that's the road to riches, which, as you know, and I, I know it's a long, long, hard road to get there. Um, but, but I did know that if I was going to do anything, I wanted to do it at a very, very big scale. So we quickly worked out a deal, um, ended up rebranding his concepts to, to, to the name Rockbox Fitness. Uh, I'm wearing a Beam shirt today because we have a second brand. We can talk about that too. But, um, but we started Rockbox Fitness as its own brand back in early 2017. Um, instantly hired uh, a, consulting, uh, a consulting firm that specialized in, in creating new franchisors you know, from, from existing concepts that weren't franchised yet. Um, my first two engagements first two hirings hires were uh, two marketing experts branding experts one on the west coast and and, and then one i'd worked with in, in charlotte north carolina where we're headquartered and we really got right to it um so i you know i didn't know what an fdd was 
I didn't know what a franchise agreement was. I had, you know, really no idea, but hiring that consultant, I, I am, I guess, smart enough to know that I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. I just knew I didn't know a lot of things. And so I bought the expertise. I bought the expertise and, uh, and I've done that really at every stage of, of my career since I went on my own and left corporate America to go up the learning curve as fast as possible. I would rather pay to shorten that, that, that learning and, 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 you know, uh, decrease the gap so that we can move faster. But yeah, it was, you know, it, and I did, I don't want to say I just jumped into it. I, I did, you know, we interviewed all, when I say we, uh, as my wife and I interviewed all of his members, like sat down, did formal interviews with, with uh, as many members as we could get a hold of. I did a brand analysis on the, on the industry, looked at headwinds, tailwinds of the, the, the group fitness, boutique fitness industry, um, you know, did all of that homework before, before I jumped in. Uh, but that was a really short compressed timeline uh, because, you know, I, I, th I believe that decisions take information, not time. Once you have the information, it's either a yes or a no. And once I had the information, it, it quickly became a yes for me. And uh, that was six, six and a half years ago or so, and we've been going ever since. What a great story. I, a few things that I want to unpack. I think your transition of career that you weren't curing anybody is such a big, it's such a big statement. That I mean, I'll say is, it, and I'll pull up your website in a little bit. Yeah. Man, you're you're doing that in in what you do with fitness too. Like the reality is, you are creating cures because if you start, the first step is probably the hardest step for someone to step into a studio and say, "I'm willing to try this," and it's intimidating, yeah. and and then they get connected and addicted and and committed, uh, and it solves a lot of their their life challenges, both mentally and physically. And so 100%. I think your story is so valuable to what someone on the consumer side goes through. And then even for taking that leap, because you hit you hit a point in your business career where you're like, this isn't good enough for me. This is not the legacy I want to live or leave. Um, and you made an adjustment, which is exactly what the franchisees do. How much of your story gets told on the consumer or the franchise side? Mm. Um, you know, we used to play a lot into that when we first launched because people are buying the founders. Yeah. I mean, there's really, there's, there's no, there's no road to look back on to say, you know, what, what have these guys or gals done so far? So um, we leaned into that heavily when we first started franchising, I think as the franchise grew, we're at, uh, I think we just opened our 59th locations, the 60th location will open uh, in the next couple of weeks. You know, there's a lot more track record and history to look upon validation. People can call other owners and whatnot. Um, so today, I don't know if we lean that as far into that. Um, certainly, when we have a discovery day and, and we have like we have a discovery day tomorrow, um, you know, I will start off the day with you know find out what they're looking to learn and what they need to confirm, and then tell my story, an abbreviated version of my story. So I do relate that because a lot of them are where I was, and you know, in a role that's probably paying them a good salary, and and you know that they've got the golden handcuffs of great healthcare and four hundred one k and all that stuff that. That, you know you, ha you have to to sacrifice when you go out on your own um so i'm i believe i'm able to bridge that gap for them and say i was there um, i had an incredibly lucrative career and dropped the mic on corporate america because i knew if i didn't then i was 46 years of age then if i didn't do it then i may never do it 
And um, like you, you know, I, I have uh, I started a podcast. We're six, seven episodes deep at 53 years of age. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Um, writing a, a, a business book right now at 53 years of age, kind of wacky because I, I've really learned that it's never too late to start. It's literally never too late to start, um, but it can certainly it can get away from you to where you wake up when you're 75 years old and go, damn it, I I didn't do anything that I really, really wanted to do. You know, yeah, had a nice house, drove a Beamer, but I didn't, you know, what is my legacy, you know? And and I think that's where a lot of franchisees, they, they hit that crossroads and, and, and they, they ask themselves that, that question, Nick, like what, what are the next 20 years going to look like? And so I think my story can just help them bridge that gap because it's scary. I'm not, I will never tell somebody it's not scary. You know, that when you wake up on a Monday and you don't have health care, you don't have insurance, you don't have, uh, you know, income, you know, and you're and, and the money's going the opposite direction. It's scary. By Tuesday, you know, you're like, OK, this is still different. By Wednesday, you look back, and you're like, man, I am never going back. Like, I'm never going back. And and I, I, I don't see myself ever going back. So, yeah. Great question. And it's funny, I think I leaned into it a lot when we first started. And then now it's really just more discovery days. And I think I, I think it's tremendously valuable, even 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 now, even as the brand gets bigger, because and it's not just a founder story. It's more so looking at someone uh, who looks like me, who went through this. What did it feel like? And for you to say, look, I've 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 done this. I've, I've been there. Um, the other thing that you said that I think is important, especially for franchise buyers, you said, I went and bought the expertise and that's in essence what they're doing with you. You've, you've gone through all the mud to figure out what is the business opportunity that makes sense in this category. And so that's another part of your story that I think is deeply valuable to the buyer to help them feel comfortable. There are so many franchisees walk up to that ledge hundreds of times before they jump. The franchisor is evaluating the jump point. They're like, hey, we signed a deal. But if you were to go backwards on how many times that candidate walked up to the edge onto your website and said, not yet, and walked up after they inquired and didn't take the call of the salesperson and then showed up at discovery day and they're like, yes, I'm in. But the second they got on the plane, they're like, I can't do this. Like you, you're showing that pathway. And I think it's deeply valuable because it came back to your purpose of I'm not going to wait till I'm 75 to make a change in my life or evaluate. I'm going to evaluate now and make the change now. Yeah, man. It's uh, wow. The fact that you just said that they walked to the edge and they, um, we just had a meeting yesterday and we're talking about uh, a couple uh, franchisee candidates that we have right now. And our, our VP of Frandev, dev, no, it wasn't. It was, it was a president of, of our bean brand was talking about how, um, wow, man, that, that, like we thought we had everything answered for these two candidates and now, and they're right there at the, at, at deciding whether to do this and the questions just keep coming, but they're questions they've already asked that we've already answered on multiple occasions. And, and our VP of uh, friend, he said, it, it's fear that, that that's what's triggering this. And I gave this example. It's just funny you say this because I gave this example of, I, I went skydiving 30 years ago, right at, right at 30 years ago. And I remember I was in the plane, like, you know, two hours on the ground. They, you know, they showed you how to pack the chutes and all that and all the safety stuff and the videos and, you know, and you practice on how you're going to come, you know, exit the plane and all that. Um, and I was ready. But we got in the plane and we go up. We're at 13,000 feet and they open that door. 
and they start having when people start you know flying out of the plane and I, my my time is coming and it was a tandem thing where you know you're attached to somebody and and the instructor and i start asking as many questions like everything i mean i i couldn't stop asking enough questions until he finally said dude if you could screw this up i wouldn't let you jump out of the plane let's just go you know like let's just go but it was funny yesterday it brought me back to that like that point where i was literally jumping like they have to jump into business and it's so scary your mind just starts racing and asking all those questions that you really already know the answer to but you know it's that delay tactic mentally uh, to have to make that decision and that's everybody has to walk their own journey they have to walk their own journey and it, you know it, it, some people as you said may get right up to the edge and it just the, the fear is just too much and that's okay and I still think they were, they were courageous for even taking the first step, you know, towards business ownership. But, it, you know, at some point, we're all big boys and girls and you just got to jump. You just yeah. have to jump. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good analogy uh, to use with the franchise buyer. It's a, the same as jumping out, out of a plane, like even though data shows that. 99.9% .9 of the time, it's going to work out just fine. It's, it's yeah. totally, I mean, business ownership is just as crazy as jumping out of a plane. There's You're nothing right. crazy. You have, right. to have like that, that you have to have an intangible that takes you out of, I, I'm going to lean on a career and I'm going to, I'm going to be in charge of my own destiny. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think it's, it's up to the franchisor to soften the fear. And that's, that's anything in life. I mean, even, even as extreme as death, like, the reason we ask so many questions about it throughout our life is because we have to get comfortable by the time that it happens, that mm. it is still unknown. We don't know what the biggest secret of our life is going to happen after that second, but You're we right. have so many questions leading up to that. And you just go back to all these micro scenarios as much as like ordering something at a restaurant. Like it, it just, that's, that's how life works. And so as a yeah. franchise brand, I, I believe, the story that you told at this beginning of the beginning of our conversation is so deeply valuable back to the candidate because they just want to look at someone that says it, it, it's okay if you yeah. want to do this it's okay you know yeah 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 for sure i, I it, that's i love what you just said if you want to do this and the only person that can answer that question is the franchisee he, he or himself yeah or well, there's no sales yeah. if you look back at the last five years um and thinking about the dreams that you had from a franchise growth standpoint, I mean, you're in into the fifties of units. Are you, is that what you expected? Did you have bigger dreams? Did the dreams adjust to realities? Talk about like, how did your expectations evolve as a franchisor? Yeah. Um, that's an insightful question. So when we started, you know, I had dreams of a thousand locations. Hey, if Orange Theory did it, then we're gonna do it. And I still have big dreams. And we all at the headquarters here have big dreams for, for Rockbox because it, the brand is, is unique and, and the brand deserves that type of scale. Um, I think what every franchisor realizes is as they start to scale and expand, not every franchisee is going to work at the pace that the founders worked at in their locations. I ended up building two of my own locations. So Steve, of course, had his locations. I ended up building two of my own very successful locations, later sold them to, to, uh, to, to franchisees. But it, it, I think my biggest takeaway from that, that you know, this, this last five, six years is we have to support them in every way we can 
and, and, and that can never stop. And it's, you do whatever it takes. You do whatever it takes, even if it borderline, you know, is, is ridiculous. You do whatever it takes to help them. And at the end of the day, a franchisee has to take responsibility for his or her own business because it isn't a corporate location. You know, if, 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 if we just wanted to expand corporately, we would have built, you know, we'd raise money and build our own stores. And then the whole thing, franchising is, to, is so that you can go faster, move faster. Individuals can use their own capital. Collective thought comes together. You get economies of scale. Everybody benefits from the model. But just like being, you know, in a, in a, in a company where, you know, there are some people that just aren't working as hard and will never work as hard and won't be the star A players, no matter what type of screening and, and evaluations and interviews that you do with franchisee candidates, you're going to have some people that just won't run the play and, and won't put in the work. Um, and then, you know, when that happens, we help them graciously exit the, the system and, and, and try to make sure it works for everybody. That surprised you? It did. It did. I'd love to, I'd love to say that, you know, I, I expected that, but, but um, I didn't. And I'll tell you why, because in, in, in companies and corporations, nobody is risking anything other than opportunity costs and opportunity costs certainly has a price, but you know, they're not betting a half million dollars that, Hey, this job's going to work out. You know, I'm, I'm going to like it here and, and it's going to be a great career in franchising. You know, you're investing 300, $500,000 to build your own business. And to me, if, you know, if, if I'm not ultra successful, I'm not sleeping that night, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Like I'm not, and again, I'll buy my way to the knowledge. I'll, I'll hire experts. I'll, you know, fly people in whatever I need to do to make it happen. And, and that was probably, um, that was a naive, it was a naive, um, thought, uh, we, we have a, a, a business partner, uh, who'd been in franchising, we brought him in and, 2000, late 2018. And, uh, you know, he kind of told us what to expect. And I just, you know, I blew it off like, oh, you know, maybe he's a little jaded, doesn't really, you know, but he was spot on that, you know, there's, you're going to have to come to the grips, you know, come, come, come to grips with the fact that um, some people just, you know, won't have what it takes. And, um, and that, I guess I always feel personally accountable for that because they bet on us, they bet on the model. I know the model works. I made a ton of money with it. And I've seen a lot of people make a lot of money with Rockbox, but it's still, you know, I'm the one that sat across from and, and co-signed that FDD. So, or that FA. So um, I think I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever fully get over that feeling, but uh, you know, that's that, that, that was probably my hardest learning in this whole process. I think there's, I mean, there's tremendous value in what you just said, and that's, uh, that's empathy and compassion back to even, even when it doesn't work out, I still feel bad about it. And I, I, what, what you're thinking about as you try to go to sleep at night, uh, is what could we have done differently in that scenario? I think one of the challenges that exists in franchising is a lot of franchising is set up to sell franchises versus award. Um, I don't know that awarding franchises changes that because ultimately someone is trying to show you their best self. They're still almost cross-applying an interview tactic to the way that they're trying to get you to say, award me a franchise. Um, but, you know, it, there's accountability on the franchisee for sure. Like you're, you've built the widget, you've set up the structure, you've gone through the pain. And a franchisee has to decide uh, how much they're willing to, to put in. Um, when I keynote conferences... It's all about account self-accountability, that 
the end of the day, you have to decide that you're going to go out and kiss, kiss babies and shake hands. Yeah. Uh, and if you're unwilling to do that, if you thought you could turn the lights on and it's magically going to do things and your culture doesn't have to exist and your employees are just going to work because you pay them money, uh, you have it backwards. And so I think franchisees have a false, not all of them, but some have a false mentality that I bought a franchise, therefore it should just do it for me. Yep. Um, even though you say it during the discovery process, but we're very know, clear, very clear about that. Yeah. But I think it's, yeah. I think it's awesome that you're saying like, you know, I still, I still feel bad about it because a lot of franchisors are, a lot of franchisors, unfortunately take the screw the franchisee mentality and you're, mm. you're not taking that. I think that's great. How, uh, one yeah, one thing I have, I mean, I don't know if maybe this was a follow-up question, but one thing I wasn't expecting, uh, I wasn't expecting to be so positively impacted by all of the members' lives that we've changed that have joined Rockbox, our, our second brand, Beamlight Sauna, we're starting to see the same exact thing where, you know, I, I, I can vividly remember on numerous, too many times to count, uh, occasions where I'd be in one of the studios I would own, or I'd be visiting a, a studio as, as a CEO. I, you know, I go out and travel and, and, and I'll, I'll do the workout when I go and travel. And people come up with tears in their eyes and, and, and hug me and cry and say that, you know, Rockbox has given them their life back. Uh, Rockbox has saved their life. They were contemplating, you know, a, the worst decision a person could make. And, and that I wasn't expecting. So I knew we'd help people lose some weight and get in shape. What I, what I, just am grateful beyond words for is how this brand and how, how Rockbox has shaped the future of our members' lives in a positive way, and um, and and how wonderfully that's impacted me. So you know, I, I, it would only be it's only fair to say, yeah, you know, I wasn't expecting this, and it was you know, it's still kind of hard to, to to swallow, but wow, I wasn't expecting this either, and it's just the gift that keeps on giving. I would uh, I would challenge you on that that response because I go back to your personal story. Yeah, and it's probably subconscious. But the reason you did this is exactly the reason you just said that you were unexpected. So it was probably in the subconscious. True. But you did this to accomplish that. Like that's True. that's what you set out to do. So it's cool because you you probably weren't realizing it as fast along the way. And now, like you look at the aggregate of what what has changed. It goes back to day one of you saying I'm. I'm going to build a different legacy. I think that's yeah. pretty. That's neat. a good point. Yeah. If you if you ever change jobs, man, be a psych psychotherapist. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. You you have no idea how many franchisors I do that for already. I'm like, oh, go ahead, lay down and tell me your problems. They're like, I have no leads. Oh, <laughs> um, so I, I want to give you a chance to talk about these other brands because yeah. I have a feeling you're you've now formulated your widgets on how do you make a difference in a community? How do you make a difference in a franchisee? And how does this fit into a need in the marketplace? I assume you're just cross applying your widget to other concepts. You got it. So uh, Beamlight Sauna is an infrared sauna studio concept. So think, you know, eight, nine private rooms, each with its own infrared sauna. Um, and we have red light therapy rooms and, and additional light modalities. So we're, we're focused 100% on light with this second brand. So we're not going to be doing IVs and cold plunges and stuff like that. It's it's 100% focused on light uh, and light therapies because light can be such a powerful modality. But yes, you're right. We were able to literally pick up our sales marketing, customer acquisition, you know, acquiring customers at a profitable rate. In fact, pick up that model turn it and put it on top of, of beams. And again, it was, um, it was a single location, uh, fortuitously met the owner, 
uh, uh, Cynthia Wagner, who's wonderful. Uh, she's the president of Beam and, and a co-founder with me. And and I, before we jumped, before I jumped, you know, I said, hey, let me take your business. Let me apply our model to your business. Let's see what happens. And we ended up doubling her business in three or four months. And I said, look, you, you've got an amazing concept here. You know, there's a couple other um, uh, competitors, but very few in the marketplace. This is a great blue ocean. And we've already honed our chops and we know how to do this in the franchising space. And, and Beam has gone crazy. We've, we've awarded 140, 150 uh, licenses in about eight, not even 18 months. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's gone bonkers. But you're you know it's the second time through it. So, but I, I think uh, Nick, one thing that is crucial for us is that because we have this this um, umbrella company called Thrive More Brands that is over Rockbox Fitness, Beam Light Sauna. We have a a, a, new, um, a supplement company, a nutrition supplement company called Leverage Nutrition that's sold exclusively through Rockboxes, and all those brands sit under Thrive More, the parent. Um, but what you'll notice is you know fitness wellness, uh, nutrition, you won't see us add a, an oil change place, you know, to the brand. You won't see us add, you know, a restaurant to the brand, maybe, maybe a meal prep service. Cause that could be, you know, we've actually looked at a couple of those, um, cause that, that fits in the health and wellness, but definitely I, I want to build, you know, the, we are building this platform that that people, you know, one franchisee could come in and be a multi-unit, multi-brand owner and remain in the wellness space and honestly serve the same avatar, same even the same customer uh, across multiple brands. And we're seeing that. We're literally seeing people walk out of a Rockbox class and walk into a Beam session. So um, it, it's very symbiotic. It's awesome. And, you know, it goes back to that mission of getting people off the pill. I mean, you're 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 still making impact in the life. And I, I love that you're across applying the widget and all your learnings in business and and continuing to push on the pedal. Um, look, I, I'm 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 grateful that we had this conversation. I don't I have yeah. not talked to you this way uh, ever. Uh, and I think you have a wonderful story. Um, and to anybody that's that's watching this, uh, there's something sticky here that if you're trying to find a founder, a leader um, who will have your back as much as they humanly can. Uh, Roger, I think you've, you've shown that that's, uh, that's your story. So thank Appreciate you. Appreciate that. Thank you. It's been great. Oh, you bet. You bet, Nick. Thank you very much. So for Roger, I'm Nick. This is another episode of Meet the Zor. Take care, everybody.